welcome to Relay Chain, a podcast produced by Parity Technologies, where we discuss all things Substrate, Polkadot, and Web3. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Relay Chain. I'm here with Alex and Zachary from SubSocial, and we're going to dig deep into the wonderful world of social networks on blockchain. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you both doing today? Hey, Joanne. Thanks for inviting to Relay Chain. Uh, Relay Chain is uh, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, actually. I, I listen to different uh, crypto and startup podcasts on uh box from time to time and I listen to Relay Chain <laughs> with pleasure. Amazing. Thanks so much. Hey, Jordan, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having us on. I'm also a big fan of the podcast. A lot of good information. Sweet. Glad to hear it. Uh, always try and make useful content for not only for people outside of the ecosystem, but you guys are building in the ecosystem. So it's really nice to hear that you get some value out of it as well. Okay, so let's let's just dive right in and um, let's take it right from the top and then we can kind of drill down from there. Who wants to give uh, a nice overview of what Subsocial is? Yeah, so basically Subsocial is a place to build your own social networks. It's not really a social network like Twitter or Facebook per se. It's more of an infrastructure uh, framework or platform where you can build your own social networks. So at the core of subsocial, we have what are called spaces. Um, this can either be really customizable, so it can either be like a personal page or you can make it like a community, sort of like a subreddit. Um, and so, you know, there's permissions. You could make it where no one else can post in your space if you wanted to make it more like your own Twitter page. Or you could have it where anyone that's following the space can post in it, again, like a subreddit. And so you can sort of make your own communities there. And then the big difference that I see between subsocial and traditional social networks like Facebook or Twitter is with traditional social networks, you have the front end, which is like the website, and the back end, which is their servers and algorithms and stuff. And we can't separate those. So if we want to use Facebook, we have to use the Facebook website and we have to be subject to their algorithms and all that. With subsocial, because it's decentralized on the blockchain, the two can be separated. So we have the subsocial blockchain, which is the back end, and anyone connect connect to it because it's permissionless. And then we have the front end. So the team, we've already built two separate front ends. We have the main subsocial web app, and then we also have Pokeverse. Um, so in the future, anybody could build another front end they want, and they can make it look however they want. They could build certain filtering stuff into it. So you could have a front end that looks just like Twitter and doesn't show the downvote button because Twitter doesn't have one. Or you can make a one like Instagram that only shows posts with pictures in them, etc. It's like, for example, Polkaverse, it only shows content that has to do with Polkadot and Kusama versus Subsocial show everything. So I think in the future, you know, you'll be able to have your own space and then you can pick whichever website you want to interface with it and really get a customizable experience and be able to create your own social network however you would like. That's awesome. So like to kind of use some of the terminology that we might be used to in general blockchain space, uh, we have this concept of money Legos. This almost sounds like, you know, social network Legos where you have all this information, you can kind of assemble it in whatever way 
you want. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when I was designing uh, Subsocial, I I just uh, looked through uh, major social networks at the time, like uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, uh, Quora, Medium, uh, Stack Overflow, and I, I just uh, found that uh, they share a lot of uh, similar things. Like there should be some kind of uh, informational content, like page, group, uh, forum, uh, account, etc. Then there is uh, such thing as a kind of like post or question or uh, article or status. Uh, so it's the second important thing. And then uh, you should be able to discuss, have a discussion around this uh, informational piece of information through comments or through threads. And uh, you should be able to show your appreciation through like upvote, and, uh, upvote uh, heart, uh, like, etc. And then you should be able to follow um, those uh, content creators uh, that produce uh, interesting content, uh, like make friends with them or follow or subscribe and so on. So <clears throat> we created uh, several modules for Substrate blockchain framework uh, that forms uh, what Subsocial is. So Subsocial is, is a set of uh, pilots for Substrate uh, optimized for social networking. And among these pilots, uh, most uh, important are spaces and then posts and follows, reactions, permissions, roles, and, and other stuff. And uh, by using this uh, social Legos, you could uh, <coughs> design uh, how would you like to see your uh, social network. And plus, uh, not only on blockchain, but uh, on UI, subsocial is blockchain layer one on its own. And uh, it means that subsocial by default is already open permissionless uh, social network. Thing, right and it it means that anyone could build on top of it without asking permission uh, in contrast to like twitter facebook instagram whatever mm. and then uh, you you can add and or remove on ui anything you you want right so you're saying that subsocial is a as a blockchain layer all on its own what kind of consensus algorithm is involved in making this uh, making it secure so uh, we have been thinking about uh, whether we're going to go with parachain or standalone uh, chain based on substrate. And uh, right now we decided to go as a standalone chain because uh, in comparison with uh, parachain, way uh, standalones are much more performant as of today. So for example, for substrate-based chains, uh, it's uh, recommended block time six seconds. Uh, when on uh, parachain it's uh, uh, like 12 seconds, so block time is uh, two times longer. And then uh, on parachains uh, you can include uh, business logic uh, only in uh, half a second. So I mean uh, this time for executing a few extrinsics. And uh, on standalone chain you can have up to 2.5 seconds uh, per uh, one block for extrinsics. So it means uh, that uh, on standalone you can have about five seconds for your business logic when you compare two blocks of six seconds to one block of 12 seconds right so on standalone it's five seconds uh, on parachain it's half a second so it's 10 times more uh, time for your business logic on a standalone and it means that standalone is much more performant and such as we build social, building social networking things uh, we expect uh, lots of transactions mm -hmm. That's why uh, we decided on standalone chain and uh, also 
we decided that we want to take a setup that is similar to Kusama. Uh, I mean, a source combination of pilots and uh, similar settings, maybe with some changes, um, but uh, without parachain functionality and plus uh, our all social networking pilots that we created. I see. So you can think like a social summer <laughs> in some way. So social summer. Awesome. Yes. Um, and so does that mean that subsocial is a proof of stake network? Yes. So currently we have proof of authority, beta net chain, and it works uh, for one year already. And so far, so good. Um, but of course, uh, we want to decentralize it a lot. And uh, for this, uh, we're going to relaunch it uh, as mainnet chain with uh, migrating state of this beta net chain to this new mainnet that we're going to launch. So the state of chain should be presumed, but 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 in a, in a new setup of a chain with proof of stake as in Kusama. Right. So currently you are on a beta net, um, which is essentially live and, and fairly feature complete. Uh, and so you're planning on migrating that over to uh, the actual mainnet launch. Is there anything that's going to be changing in that transition? Aside from the, like more decentralized nodes, so lots of people are already familiar with such terms like testnet, mainnet, uh, but then uh, we have this canary net thing, and uh, also I see that other blockchains start using this uh, beta net. We also started use this term like one year ago, and it means like uh, it's not that super uh, official like mainnet, but it's not that. Uh, not very serious as uh, people may say testnet. So by saying betanet, it's like uh, almost like mainnet, but uh, it's not officially mainnet and could be relaunched. That's why uh, when we launch this mainnet, we're going to transition all the state at the last moment on betanet to mainnet. But uh, plus uh, this new chain uh, will be proof of stake in contrast to today's proof of authority, plus it will have uh, such pilots like console, democracy, uh, treasury, uh, stuff for validators, and uh, yeah, all the required functionality to have stake and unchained uh, governance uh, of these related pilots and plus our pilots. I see. And so, how do you plan on like bootstrapping and and building a large enough kind of validator set to support the network in in a secure and decentralized way? So we reached out to validators that are familiar with uh, running validators for Kusama and Polkadot. And uh, currently we are preparing uh, guides for them. And these guides are quite familiar to how to be validator on Kusama. So we're going uh, to help them with uh, some initial tokens. Cool. So yeah, I want to kind of switch gears and talk more about the kind of state of social networks as they are. So we're very familiar with the Facebooks and the Twitters and and the Reddits and and such like that. And from the impression I get with subsocial is like it's it's aimed to be able to handle any kind of experience like that. And and it's up to the community kind of to build a front end that gives that experience. So can you talk about like the architecture and how that kind of is made possible through subsocial? So I would say that uh, at some point we might look like a mix of uh, Medium uh, and Reddit. Some some people say this and it's totally fine. Uh, But I I wouldn't say that uh, we are trying to be 
uh, totally similar to like Twitter or and, and of Facebook because uh, they have a long history. Facebook is developing since 2004, Twitter from, since 2006, and they didn't have these challenges with uh, blockchain and uh, bad user experience of blockchain products. And they have thousands of employees and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so in, in some way, we're quite similar to what they offer to users. But uh, I think that we need to develop in a little bit different direction. Uh, by taking into account uh, what uh, what is happening on blockchain. Because uh, if you think about uh, early days of Facebook, why people went to Facebook? Because they wanted to see what is happening with their friends. So they visited their pages and checked uh, their uh, activities, like uh, somebody started a new job, somebody watched movies, somebody wrote this post and so on and so forth. But on blockchain, uh, we don't uh, read books. <laughs> we we can buy some tokens. Uh, we can participate in crowd loan. We can follow another account. And on blockchain account, it's uh, really like more financial account and what is happening around that. So uh, I think uh, in our case, uh, our vector should be somewhere in intersection of uh, what people expect from like Twitter, Medium, Reddit. Plus, uh, what people can see on uh, today's uh, NFT marketplaces, like uh, they can see some things that are on, on, on sale, like crypto art, ENS domains, and uh, maybe some new stuff will will, will start uh, to be listed soon. And and, and plus uh, some kind of uh, wallet functionality when we can see all your balances, uh, your different addresses, maybe link them with each other, interconnect, and uh, subscribe to another account. Uh, if this account has some social profile and you can understand that this guy is, is that guy and co-founder of that project. And of course, you could be interested uh, what this guy is is, uh, is buying or something like that. So I think it's, it should be intersection of uh, traditional Web 2.0 plus uh, DeFi plus uh, NFT and uh, plus this uh, multi-chain uh, wallet experience. Yeah, that's an interesting um, kind of thought to, s to say like where we used to share, you know, pictures of our food or, you know, pictures of our animals or something like that. We can now have a social network where we're sharing pictures of our wallet so to speak, where it's like, oh, I just picked up this new NFT or I just picked up this new token. That's an interesting concept. And I wonder, like, what are your thoughts are when it comes to, like, privacy in that kind of space? Like, do you think that people would really want to share freely, like, what's in their wallet versus kind of keep that financial information private? Like, when I think of, like, our day-to-day -day interactions, it's not like, people opening up their wallet and being like, look at all the money I have in my wallet. <laughs> yes, but uh, this, is, this is a very interesting uh, question. And uh, here's uh, two parts of answer to that. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to a book uh, that is History of Facebook. And uh, recently I listened to, to chapter about uh, new feature feed. <laughs> the feed that we all used to, right? And when... Uh, Facebook launched that feed, people were so shocked that they Facebook received like thousand uh, emails and messages that uh, 
what the hell are you doing? Why are you showing to everybody of my, like of all my friends that I listen to this music or I uh, engage with somebody or something else and, and so on and so forth. So people were shocked. But then like a couple of weeks later or months, they used to it and, uh, and, and that's it. And now everyone is sharing much more than like 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, it was not expected that people w will want to uh, share so much information. And today people are sharing without even thinking. Uh, if it's not something super, super, uh, I don't know, private or I don't know. And uh, this is one thing that people people became, already became much more open. Uh, plus there is uh, such a tendency that people are more relaxed about their finance situation, at least in uh, like developed countries. And uh, I, I, I heard some stories on uh, other uh, crypto-related podcasts uh, where they discussed uh, I don't remember, maybe like there is already some kind of apps where people uh, can share their portfolios or th there were stories like uh, one guy was uh, raising money for college or something like that. So this f finance became more social mm. at, at, at the same time. So this one, first part of answer and second part is that sometimes people forget that blockchain is already transparency and openness, right? So. Recently, we created a side project called sub.id. It's a URL of this project, like substrate identity. Mm -hmm. And uh, there you can insert uh, your in any substrate-based uh, account address, like from Polkadot, Kusama, Karura, Shiden, etc. Or any standalone chain like Edgeware, Chainix. And uh, also, they can sign in with uh, any account from Polkadot extension and see uh, what uh, are the addresses related to this address in different formats of other chains and what are the balances on these chains? Because for those of you who don't know, even uh, such as addresses look could look different on different substrate-based chains, but uh, all of them are derived from one substrate address. So this is very interesting property of uh, substrate-based uh, based account addresses. And some people ask, like, uh, maybe that person is doesn't want uh, that their balances is visible, but hey, <laughs> their balance is already on blockchain. And uh, what we did, we just aggregated on one page, that's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's not like we are showing something that is uh, hidden. It's already there and it's open because uh, uh, at least right now, uh, most or maybe all of uh, subset-based chains are not zero-knowledge uh, proofs-based blockchains, mm -hmm. um, right? So all balances are open. Right. So, I mean, the, there is like a certain aspect of like pseudonymity with blockchain where it's not like your actual real world name on, on your account, but it's like, you know, a string of alpha, it's an alphanumeric string. So I guess like, is there a way of separating a person's personal identity with this data, right? Like, are you, are you putting it in the context of, you know, this is this person's account and this is all of the things that they have invested in? Or is there an opportunity for users to opt out from show, showing any kind of personal information? But of course, the the actual data, the, the wallet and um, tokens are all going to be on chain. Yeah, so currently there is no such uh, functionality. And if you don't want to reveal your identity, you just don't, don't create a profile for you. Just keep your account as a combination of uh, letters and numbers, and that's it. 
but yeah, in, in, in the future, it could be like that. But uh, I think for security reasons, it's uh, better. If you don't want to share something, just better not create. If you're fine with sharing uh, who you are, then go for it. Because uh, even this uh, turn on of uh, some parts of your information, I mean, uh, it could be quite tricky and uh, it needs proper implementation and testing. But of course it's possible, but uh, we didn't work on that. When you say like, just don't create an account, do, do you mean like don't create an account on subsocial or profile, don't? Profile, profile. I mean, I, I'm, I'm separating account because on blockchain account, the word account is already in use. So uh, like if you if you look on, on Twitter, account is your public social uh, profile, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but on blockchain account is uh, your record with your balance and what is happening around that. So we call it sometimes social account. It's a social extension to your blockchain kind of account or just profiles. It's something that is uh, public, like a name, bio, image, etc. So I'm saying that just don't create profile, just keep your account uh, like without anything added to it. So there are privacy solutions that are being in the works. So you can basically have like your main wallet where all your money is and then have you know a separate account that you use for like subsocial and stuff like that. And then, you know, you can just transfer a little bit of money through the privacy chain so no one will be able to track where most of your funds are and you can keep that one totally anonymous, not linked to you at all. I see. Okay. And when you create a profile, that's when you like attach any kind of information that you put on that profile with your uh, pseudonymous like substrate address. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just associate uh, your public social information uh, with your substrate uh, blockchain account. I see. Okay, that makes sense. So there is a, an aspect of opt-in, and it's not like completely exposing somebody if they don't want to. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a big, big thing. Like uh, I, I would, I would uh, just want to uh, add more on this. So on traditional websites, people usually sign in, log in with uh, email and password combination. Sometimes you could uh, sign in, log in with uh, Gmail, Google account, Facebook account, Twitter account, right? But uh, in blockchain, uh, we already can use your crypto uh, keeper, like public uh, account to be associated with uh, some unique person or user or bot, <laughs> whatever. And uh, you don't need the email and password. And on, on uh, social, uh, people just operate are presented as uh, public addresses. And uh, there could be profiles that just public addresses and nothing else. And you can already use subsocial, and this is a big deal. And sometimes if I see some sites like uh, we are building Web3 social network, and then I click, okay, login, and I say, uh, em- login with email and password or with Facebook, I think like, what? <laughs> You're saying Web3 social network, login with email and password, <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> Right, so this is a, a completely new paradigm, and you 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 plan on breaking those those kind of older like things that we become used to that definitely are not part of like the user sovereignty of information uh, new paradigm that we're trying to move into. Yeah, exactly. And recently, Buterin made presentation at a conference in Paris, and he was uh, his presentation was uh, could we do something different than just DeFi on uh, Ethereum? 
and he was uh, speaking about uh, social networking a lot and he said exactly this thing that why uh, ethereum uh, account cannot be the same thing like uh, logging with facebook login with google why we cannot log in with ethereum why we and, and then from me like why we cannot log in with substrate account address like with polkadot kusama whatever right mm -hmm. we can do it totally that's amazing okay so we know that like blockchains are really good for certain things like the availability of information uh, but they also can be kind of expensive to store uh information on there so can you talk about how with a social network when we're creating a like sometimes lots of content where does this get stored and how how does it propagate through the the network so that we can access it when whenever we go to a space yeah, so on uh, subsocial, we, our two main components uh, that define subsocial are uh, blockchain, it's a super main component, and second is uh, external storage. So in, in, in current situation, we use IPFS, but it could be also potentially Rweave or uh, Hypercore and something like that, or even like private database. So the idea is that uh, on blockchain, we usually just keep track of uh, what account created what entity. And this entity is defined by unique uh, sequential number, like from one, two, three, and, and so on. This number could be very huge because it's uh, U64. And uh, then rest of information, usually like name, image, avatar, description, tags, social links, whatever or body of, of post or comment, uh, we store it on IPFS. And IPFS returns this uh, unique uh, CID based on uh, hash sum of content. And then uh, once uh, content is stored on IPFS, we receive the CID, we take the CID and send it with a, a extrinsic transaction to substrate. And then we record like this account, like uh, 5A, D, nine <laughs> and so on uh it created uh this post in uh, with this id under this uh, space defined by this id like a space number uh, 2045 for example right and some other additional set of permission we can save on, on blockchain like uh, maybe permissions per space or maybe editors for example we have a nice feature you can uh, add editors to your space so all, all the logic that uh, should be executed on blockchain should be related information should be kept on blockchain. But if you have like body of post or, or social links and text, and if they are not participating in a logic of application in terms of like blockchain, then you don't need to store this information. But what is interesting, for example, unique uh, uh, names of uh, space, like we call it handle, is the name of space that is used in URL. It should be stored in blockchain because only in this way, uh, by having a decentralized uh, global consensus, we can uh, be sure that uh, this name is, is unique, it's not taken by many other space, and then allow a given space to reserve this unique name. But uh, like normal names like title of post or body, they should not be unique. That's why they should, they could be stored on IPFS because they're not uh, taking part in uh, business logic on blockchain. I see. So it's a it's a hybrid of IPFS and blockchain. So the data, like the actual content, is going to be stored off chain because otherwise that'd be super expensive. And then you just store like the the pointer, the location of that data somewhere else. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, and there is even an additional answer to that. Is that uh, let's say you would create uh, something like subsocial on, on uh, Ethereum, and uh, in that way your information would be would be less optimal because uh, lots of things would happen in smart contracts and smart contracts takes some place on blockchain, but in 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 case with substrate you can have much more optimized way to store information. Okay. Cool. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about like the social kind of ecosystem. We, we've talked a little bit about like kind of what Facebook has done and how they've innovated, but I've also created a bunch of issues. Can we talk about like how you see subsocial kind of addressing these issues? I guess first identifying what those issues are and then how subsocial addresses those issues. Yeah. So I think, I think there's like three main issues. Number one would be censorship. Uh, number two would be monetization stuff, I mean, like YouTube particularly. I think they take like 45% of the revenue, which is kind of ridiculous. And number three would probably be siloing everybody. Um, so, you know, users on Twitter and Facebook, they can't interact with each other. They're separated. So as far as censorship, um, because it's built on the blockchain, decentralized, there's no central authority. There's nobody that can censor you. You know, once something's on the blockchain, it's there forever. People do raise questions, though, so I will point out, you know, if people are uploading content like images or videos, that's not getting stored on the blockchain. That's being hosted on an IPFS node. So the people running IPFS nodes, they can determine what they're hosting on their own node. So, you know, if someone uploads a video that's illegal in a jurisdiction, the people aren't going to host that on their node. So it can be censored in that sense but you can't be censored on the blockchain layer. Within spaces, we do have moderation because obviously there will be trolls and spam and stuff. So if you have your own space, you can moderate that, kick people out, delete them, whatever. But someone that's been kicked out of a space, they can go make their own space and they can put whatever content there and there's no one that can kick them out of that space because it's theirs. Uh, monetization, we have a, currently we're working on integrating tip functionality. And we have a couple other ideas we're going to implement, like subscriptions, uh, sort of like Patreon has, uh, possibly pay-per-view type stuff, or experts. So you could have like a panel of experts in your space, and they can all vote on like what's the best content, and then that content will get some monetization rewards. And because, again, it's decentralized on the blockchain, there's no central authority, so there's nobody that will be taking a cut. You know, if... Um, if you post like a joke and I, it makes me laugh, I can send you a tip and it will go directly from my wallet straight to your wallet. There's nobody that takes any cut. So I think we might see this sort of micro-tipping ecosystem emerge where friends can send each other 10 cents for posts all the time, just have all this money flowing around. And um, I think it'll really bring out a whole lot of creativity. And then as far as siloing users, um, you know, ideally... Uh, Subsocial would just become like the, I don't want to say the de facto social network because it's more of a platform for building social networks, but it would sort of be like the base layer for all these different social networks, but they're connected. So, you know, there's people that use Twitter and they don't like Facebook just because they don't like the way it's laid out on the website. And so the people on Twitter and Facebook, they can't interact at all versus in the future, you know, we'll have multiple front ends for Subsocial where they're kind of segregated, but the base blockchain layer is still there connecting both of them so these users can still interact. That's very cool. 
I'm I'm starting to put the pieces together in my mind how how all of this would interact with each other. It's very awesome. Uh, I want to jump back to like the censorship piece because that's been like a pretty big uh, piece in pop culture recently, particular. Well, I mean, on, on several platforms like Twitter and Facebook have both been uh, accused of this, even YouTube of of just like pulling down content that they themselves didn't agree with. But in the subsocial kind of paradigm, you have spaces which are curated by the creator of that space, uh, and then you have users of that space. Is the creator of the subsocial, are they the arbiter of what can and cannot be shown on there? And is there a mechanism for users themselves to determine if something should or should not be included in these spaces? Yeah, so like if, if you make a space you're like the sole moderator, but you could appoint other moderators or, um, you know, if you want to turn it more like a Reddit type community, you can basically create a space and then decentralize it. We haven't talked about it yet. We'll be having space tokens. So each space will be able to mint their own token and then they can use that as like a governance token in addition to other things. So you could create a, a space, set it up where the tokens are used as governance and if someone wants to be, you know, if you want to kick someone that has to go through a vote and then you use the space tokens, you disperse them out among the community. So if someone wants to kick someone, then everyone has to vote on it. So there's ways to sort of like turn it into a, a DAO of sorts. You know, it's not always going to be just one person that made it. Right. It's a democratized social space, which I feel like that's the way it really should be. Very cool. You also wanted to add that uh, in... In traditional social networks, uh, like Twitter, Reddit, they're usually represented as a one whole thing, like uh, backend and frontend is just one product. But uh, in our case, uh, we, are, we consist of uh, several products. Uh, one product is blockchain, and it's one thing. And another thing is that we are creating our own uh, reference implementation of uh, how web UI look like, how mobile app could look like. But people can create totally alternative, like totally. They can be super different uh, or similar and so on and so forth. And uh, like m maybe somebody is, is, is was not happy with uh, somebody else on Twitter, but such as there barely only one main official client. There, there are some apps, but pe people usually use this official clients, right? But if there was a super easy way to switch to another app that is focused on some other sub information from Twitter, right? So maybe people or platform would not need to ban an account totally from the platform. And it would be a question about uh, moderating, not showing uh, some accounts on that uh, particular web UI, right? Maybe that web UI mobile app would be very used in uh, like United States, another app would be popular in, in Japan and this app would be totally different. And even like just think about uh, Japan, maybe in Japan people don't uh, uh, care about lots of politicians from US, right? So why, why, why they need to care about some uh, middle politicians from US? And it will be not even censoring, it just not showing them because it doesn't it, it is not relevant to Jap Japan. That's it. Mm -hmm. But on Twitter, it's not possible because everyone should be on this same app because in this way, Twitter can make some uh, good money by showing advertisement uh, through apps that they control. 
Mm-hmm. But with social, it would be totally different. So I would not say that it's like uh, censoring or something like that. It's just a matter of uh, how relevant it is. Mm. On the on the topic of ads, do ads play any kind of part in subsocial? Is there a, a mechanism to show advertisement? Yeah, it's uh, kind of voluntary. So the example I usually use is if you had a bunch of people that, you know, they like working on old cars, you set up a space on subsocial where you can talk about working on old cars. And then, you know, you could mint those space tokens and sort of turn the space into a DAO of sorts. And then everyone in the space could vote on whether or not they wanted to sell ad space within the space. And then they'd vote on who they sell the ad space to. And they would probably only sell the ad space to people that are going to advertise car parts because that's what they're into. And that's what they want to see because they might want to buy them. So they're basically getting paid to get shown stuff that is actually relevant to them. That's so interesting. So I guess in that case, it would it would make sense for the social network to build up a, you know, a certain amount of a user base in order for it to be valuable to a, a company, in this case, a, a car parts company to want to advertise to them, right? Because they want to get in, t- in front of uh, their target audience. So it a allows people to congregate of a certain concentration of like-minded people. And then it gives the opportunity for the advertisers to, to opt in to pay to get in front of those people. So it's super interesting. But sizes of, uh, of uh, auditory depends because uh, if you compare uh, like advertisement on YouTube to just normal, regular people and you're advertising, let's say milk or you're advertising, I don't know, like some uh, other products for kitchen, it's one thing. And maybe you want to advertise to 1 million of people. But if you're advertising to crypto related stuff, uh, if you advertise to just 10,000 people, it's already a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the the scope of the market and the, the amount of people you're reaching de- definitely matters. And I think in this case too, like because there's a space around this particular topic, the quality of the people you're going to reach is, is going to be much higher. Uh, so the value for that advertiser is uh, potentially greater. Very cool. So, but it, it, yeah, it, it comes down to creating that, that network, that space of valuable eyeballs, I I suppose. And so that brings up another topic, like social networks are only as good as the amount of people and the quality of the people that are using it. So what are your thoughts around generating uh, that amount of of users, like getting to that peak, uh, that threshold of where there's enough people there that there's enough social interaction, right? Because like typically... We want to go to where the people are talking, right? Twitter's so great because there's so everybody's using Twitter. But like, how do you get to that point where there's enough people using it that more people want to join? Does that make sense? Yes, a lot. Uh, this is very, very, very good question. And uh, just yesterday again, I was listening to a chapter of this Facebook history book, and each chapter was about growth. So it, it discussed uh, different techniques that Facebook took to uh, increase their growth. And this is another story, but uh, let's get back to blockchains. And again, Polkadot network, Kusama network, Ethereum network. Everything is already a network, right? So uh, mm-hmm. like just just think about it. Uh, in our case, in, ca- in case of uh, blockchains and Web3, we already have network effect. And l- let's, let's get back to that uh, story when there was Uniswap, right? And then uh, one year ago, l- less than one year ago, 
sushi swaps they just fork the uniswap uh, code code base right they created alternative uh, web user interface and uh, they don't require users to like something like re-register create yet another profile because users already had their profiles on, on Ethereum. So users had profiles, I mean, like accounts, not on Uniswap, they had on Ethereum. And this is a huge deal because uh, Uniswap is just a one like a way to look at, at, at what's happening on Ethereum. I think of it like a portal into sub part of Ethereum. And SushiSwap is another portal to look on what is happening on Ethereum. And uh, this is the biggest uh, difference between comparing Twitter to Facebook and then comparing Uniswap uh, to SushiSwap in terms of network's effect. Because on Ethereum and on Bitcoin, Pol- Polkadot, and so on and so forth, uh, we already have open, shared network effects. On Facebook and Twitter, we have closed, siloed network effects. Mm-hmm. I do think growing the network will probably be the biggest challenge we'll have. I mean, obviously building it is a challenge, but they can build it and they don't really have to rely on anyone else versus growing the network user base. We kind of have to sell the product to millions of people. And luckily it will get easier the farther along we go because of those network effects. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if there's nobody on the platform, then nobody's going to want to use the platform because there's nothing there. So that's why we're doing uh, we're sort of doing like a content bootstrapping thing where um, people that are using the network right now, like the early adopters, um, we usually reward them with some tokens. It's sort of like a, you know, it's kind of like a risk reward thing, although it's really not that big of a risk just to copy paste articles and stuff onto the platform. Yeah, I just wanted to add, uh, as I mentioned, uh, is that on, 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 uh, across most of substrate-based chains, all accounts are compatible. So we can derive uh, account of Kusama out of, I mean, public address uh, of account on Kusama uh, from public address uh, on, on Polkadot and on Karura and on Shiden and uh, other chains, except Moonbeam, Moonriver, because they use uh, format of uh, Ethereum. And in their case, you can uh, create public address only from seed phrase. But on most of the Polkadot uh, Kusama uh, related chains, you can derive this account address. And what it gives to us is that uh, any existing account, I mean, that people know private uh, phrase of it, uh, they are already users of subsocial, like uh, like at least potential in a matter of click. Uh, so it ju- they just need to click uh, sign in uh, then they select account from the Polkadot.js and they already can use. Uh, and uh, the, the, the only thing here, tricky, is uh, to have some tokens. And we're working in that direction. We're working on free transactions for source accounts who have some existential deposits in uh, respected chains like Polkadot and Kusama. Uh, plus we're going to have some event uh, like token claims. So if you have existential deposit, you could claim some tokens of subsocial and so on. So we half of a way to bootstrapping because of uh, accounts already exist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I guess what I was going to ask is like crypto blockchain is still 
a fairly niche. It's becoming more and more mainstream, but it's still a fairly small ecosystem. I've heard, you know, numbers thrown around. I'm not sure how you quite get to this number, but like, like the entire population of crypto is like a hundred million, even if it was like a bit more than that, it, it wouldn't be much more than that. And when I look at like other social networks, there's like billions of people potentially on these platforms. I guess what I'm asking is like, do you think that people need to onboard to like the general crypto sphere and before they even think about going to subsocial or does subsocial have a way of targeting people like, you know, non-crypto native people to uh, their social network to, to the I think we are fine just targeting uh, crypto people for now. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, this is about scope of auditory audience and uh, quality and, and, and financial uh, possibilities. Uh, because uh, 10 million users on uh, in, in crypto is uh, could be much better in terms of uh, creativity, possibilities, uh, different uh, interesting developments and ideas than one billion of users on uh, like uh, some other network, right? Mm -hmm. on, on, on social network. So uh, like in, in, in case with uh, Twitter's uh, Instagram, their goal was like to onboard as much as possible users. But in our case, I think uh, we could say uh, as much as possible uh, crypto people in the first place. And this is uh, not bad at all because uh, crypto people are normal people at the same time. And uh, it means like they can provide uh, good feedback, like uh, from from point of view of uh, a, a normal user, like like a person, human being, right? So uh, they also use uh, other products. They also use uh, sites, mobile apps, uh, and and so on and so forth. So they provide valuable feedback, and based on this feedback, we can improve, iterate over user experience in general, and then at some point. Uh, so user experience of our products will be much better and ready for a prime time with uh, normies, with more general uh, audience. Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Target the, the lower hanging fruit, the people that have already onboarded and are used to having uh, the responsibility of maintaining a, a private key and so forth. And that's a, that's a huge barrier for people just joining the crypto space in general is taking that kind of responsibility. So yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit more about the stuff that you guys have building right now. So you have you you mentioned um, you got Pokaverse and then you have the subsocial main um, spaces. So those are are two spaces that you can uh, people can go and visit and uh, consume content, and they're essentially attached to the same backend, the same blockchain, but they're curated in a different way. So that's a, a good example for people to check out. Um, we talked about sub ID, which from from what you talked about sounds very similar um, analogy to like a, a Zapper or a Zerian. And so you guys are, are building that out a little bit more. Did you have anything else to add about that? Yeah, so we did this uh, experiment. We, we looked at uh, what's happening in uh, in .sum ecosystem and uh, what we have uh, different chains. Some of them are standalone chains like Edgeware, Chainix, uh, Sora, and we have power chains as of today, uh, Karura, Shiden, Moon, Moonbeam. And then we have relay chains like Polkadot, uh, Kosama, and uh, for people to see their balances, they need to switch uh, between different uh, chains and Polkadot.js or 
some of them are supported on Fearless Wallet. And, and, and by the way, Fearless Wallet said recently that uh, they're going to add uh, much more chains very soon. And uh, we thought, like, uh, why not to create this uh, app where you can just uh, sign in or enter your account address and see balances across uh, lots of different chains. And uh, from from one side, it uh, looked like uh, uh, one of the features of Zapier or Zerion. And of course, we planning to add much more functionality, like uh, showing NFTs owned by that account address. Uh, show uh, participation in crowd loans and uh, ability to send tokens to any of the available chains because you you can see like table of uh, different chains and balances and there could be this part and send tokens. So for ex- one of the nice usages of this uh, service could be, for example, you're the content creator and sometimes uh, maybe so uh, at the bottom of the article, people say you can donate me to this address on Dot or Polka Dot or this address on Kusama or this address on Karura, etc. But uh, with SubID, you can just share one uh, URL of your substrate identity, and then people just can select to what uh, account on on what chain uh, of you they want to send you tips. This is very ha- ha- handy. No, that's that's super cool. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, no, that that's very interesting. Awesome. And I also hear that you guys have a mobile app in the works. Yeah, so we've been working on that for about a month or so. I think it should be out soon. Um, currently, though, it's only read-only. So you can go on there and you can read posts, read comments, um, but you can't do any transactions yourself. You can't post anything. You can't comment. You can't like or downvote can't make a space any of that um, that will be in the next update we'll have where you can import your account using your seed phrase and you'll have full functionality there in addition it will be a big user experience boost because you'll be able to type your account password in when you first log in and then the app will basically sign the transactions for you so currently on the web app anytime you like anything or comment you have to put your password in sign a transaction is kind of annoying so on the mobile app, you won't have to do that at all. It'll basically just be like using Twitter. Right, yeah. I'm just like uh, trying to soak in all the different ways that you guys are able to use the underlying technology of subsocial um, to make this app, to make sub ID, and then the different spaces that it can support. It's very, very cool. Very flexible and diverse. Let's talk more about like your your ecosystem and and like the content creation and the community around things. I, I understand that you recently started an ambassador program. Do you want to talk more about that, Zach? Yeah. So that was uh, you know having a community around a blockchain project is really important, and I think doubly so for our project because it sort of lives and thrives and dies on the community, you know. And so. Uh, we created the ambassador program as another way to sort of get the word out, kind of decentralized marketing in the spirit of blockchain. And that launched two, three weeks ago, maybe. Uh, we are going to be reworking that at some point this week. Um, we may put an announcement out for that. It might be out by the time this episode is released. We'll be opening that up to more people and just improving it, I think. Mm. Is there anything like you can tell us about the ambassador program or maybe if, if some people are interested in getting involved, how they would do that? Yeah, so it'll be pretty similar to other projects, ambassador programs. You know, you'll be able to participate, help 
help market the project, write articles, translate stuff, make memes, and you can earn rewards in the form of some tokens, special Discord roles, that sort of stuff. Um, if you want to learn more, if you join our Discord or Telegram groups, there's an announcement link in there. Um, you can find those links if you go to subsocial.network slash links. Cool. Um, and I think you kind of touched on it there in your talk about that, but um, there's something called the Subsocial Fiesta going on right now. Yeah, so we are trying to spread the word about Subsocial. Uh, this is separate from our content bootstrapping, which is just aiming to get more content on Subsocial. This is we're asking people to write articles or make videos um, and post them on outside websites like Medium, Reddit, Hacker Noon, Twitter, etc. Um, talking about what subsocial is and stuff. So uh, it'll help with search engine optimization on Google and just spread the word out across the internet instead of just talking about it on Twitter. Um, and we are also paying out some tokens as a reward for that. We have we announced that on Twitter as well and Discord and Telegram and our blog, which is on subsocial. Right. Awesome. Um, I kind of want to end off the episode on like uh, maybe a more philosophical kind of um, ecosystem kind of view of things. Like, how do you see the crypto space kind of evolving, uh, moving into social networks? Like, we've focused a whole lot on, on the finance side of things. Um, we got DeFi summers uh, going on strong right now. But there's been a lot of talk, especially like in the last Ethereum conference, ETHCC, particularly around the concept of like bringing social networks to the blockchain. So how do you see this kind of developing forward? How do you see uh, maybe NFTs getting involved in the social space? And where do you see subsocial going in like the next you know, couple years? I mean, I don't think we can talk about that without mentioning the metaverse. I think that's definitely the future projects mm. like BitCountry. I mean, as far as, you know, five years down the line, I don't think anybody can even imagine what it'll look like in just a couple of years with how fast the space is evolving. But I definitely, um, I don't know, people are already trying to do something like this with Twitter where integrate NFTs. Um, so I imagine we'll have something where, um, you know, you can have your avatar NFT, whatever is your profile picture, and it will be like verified basically on the protocol level that you're the one that owns that actually. Um, but I do think it will be interesting to see how, I'm not sure if Alex mentioned it or not, we have this term called social finance that we talk about as like the combo of decentralized finance with social networks. Uh, we just put out a little article about that uh, last week, and I think we'll have another one coming out later today, sort of talking about you know social networks combined with finance and sort of like that micro-tipping I was mentioning earlier where everyone can just send each other little bits of money. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what happens, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think uh, signs of socialism on uh, crypto is uh, NFTs, for sure, uh, especially crypto arts. And plus, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, people start using uh, JPEGs <laughs> on their avatars on Twitter, right? And uh, on, on subsocial, it's totally possible to do it in a provable way. And uh not just showing this avatar like a just image, but uh, show, for example, a price with this image, with avatar. Uh, so so this, this price could be uh, next to the image. And then it, it will be not possible to 
uh, fakes, right? So and this is something that you cannot uh, put on Twitter either, like maybe through third-party integrations. And again, how can you prove that in, in an easy way? And why this is important? Because uh, uh, people buy NFTs not just because they want to buy some JPEG. They want to show that uh, they own something that uh, costs so much and others uh, want to buy that stuff. And if some NFTs are very popular and uh, like from a aesthetical point of view and maybe because of huge price of it, <clears throat> then in this situation of NFT uh, behaves like a social magnet. Like uh, everyone wants to go and see uh, how good body Kim Kardashian has, for hmm. example, right? And in this case, everyone wants to go and see what the hell this CryptoPunk look like uh, and why people want to pay half a million dollars for that. So this, fr- from this point of view, Kim Kardashian and CryptoPunk totally similar because they're social magnet, magnet of attention. And uh, on subsocial, it's, it's uh, possible to sh- do it in, in a probable way. And this is what we are planning to do. So also there is interesting project uh, called uh, Showtime uh, on Ethereum. And what they do, they doing like kind of Instagram uh, based on NFTs. Uh, but uh, in, co- in contrast to other NFT marketplaces, uh, they're not doing marketplace, but they're more like aggregator from uh, popular collections across other marketplaces. But they're adding social functionality where you can follow an artist or owner, uh, upvote NFT, comment on NFT. And these elements, they implemented them in a centralized way. And uh, I, I listened to an ep- episode with <coughs> founder of that project, and he said something like they would like to have this... Uh, functionality like follow like comment as uh, native citizens uh, of blockchain on the same level like with nfts because in this way you could utilize uh, this data like uh, who commented when and uh, in, in what time range and uh, and so on and so forth uh, and, and combine with nft itself to create new uh, monetization ways of monetization mm. or rewards and so on but such as currently this centralized uh, implemented uh, uploads likes they are outside of chain it's impossible to use them uh, in, in reward schema in a transparent decentralized way but on subsocial it's totally the case so on subsocial as i mentioned before upload follow comment they are native citizen on blockchain on the same level as uh, when we add a uh, support of nfts so by combining this social decentralized social legos you can build amazing new rewards monetization scenes that you haven't even seen before like sometimes people ask like what kind of monetization we could expect and uh, as, a, as a super simple answer we could compare like with what we have on youtube uh, uh, Patreon uh, and and some similar sites, right? And usually it includes like uh, from a- around four or five monetizations. But uh, if you look on uh, subsocial through Prism, on combining possibilities of DeFi and uh, having social networking uh, thing all together, uh, monetization ways could be endless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought of while you were talking about that, like. You know, if if a like is a you know an NFT, it's a token itself. Then you could you could have a a like farm where you you know like this like this content and deposit this token into the farm, and you get access to um, you know exclusive content. An, an interesting thought. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, for example, you want to do some distribution in the future of NFTs or of your social tokens uh, connected to your space. And uh, upvotes uh, on chain could be total proof of who deserves it. Yeah, no, that's that's remarkable. And, um, you know, Zach, you just you mentioned BitCountry there uh, a little while back. And I'm, I'm curious, are you are you in contact with that team? Are you guys working together on anything that you're able to talk about? Uh, not that I'm aware of really at mm -hmm. the moment, um, but I could definitely see something like that happening in the future is sort of like a social network platform for a bit country mm -hmm. yeah in a way. i mean of, of course like having a social like a space a big country space where there's all information about big country but then i was thinking like uh what would happen if there was like a sub social bit country where in that you can like wander around that space and visit other spaces in like a virtual world um that's just something that came to my mind as well yeah, actually, actually, we had a conversation with uh, founder of BitCountry. Uh, I think it was uh, three or four months ago, and we discussed some uh, possibilities. But uh, again, such as this, at this current moment, at this very moment, uh, most of teams they are working on uh, functionalities that is needed today. Like for example. We are focused on preparing to main at launch uh, and uh, plus extend, extending our team, expanding our team. And uh, I believe uh, lots of other uh, substrate-based projects and teams are quite busy with their functionalities that they need to deliver. Mm -hmm. And once uh, main functionality will be delivered and uh, everything is working properly as it was planned like one year ago or something like that, uh, I teams will became uh, thinking and doing more integrations, and uh, I'm I'm totally interested uh, to work on su on such integration in the future, but like not not tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I guess I'm just looking looking into the future on what uh, what the metaverse actually could could really look like, uh, and it's all super exciting. And uh, I think Subsocial has a huge part to play in that. And so I thank you guys for joining me today and sharing your thoughts. Um, do you have anything else that we didn't get to talk about that you want to leave the audience with today? I don't know. Um, we touched a lot of uh, stuff that we wanted to share with you. Maybe, Zach, do you think we need to share something else? Uh, come follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Join our Discord, Telegram. Again, you find all those links at subsocial.network slash links. Perfect. Yeah, and if you are a developer or creative person that uh, wants to participate in creating true Web3 uh, platform for social networking with a uh, goal to, to have a great user experience, so please uh, write us and uh, we are happy to, for, for, for new team members to join our team. Awesome. Well, thank you very much again, gentlemen. Uh, this has been an amazing chat. And um, until next time, I'll see you all on the next episode. Take care. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us this week on Relay Chain. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the subjects we talked about today. So please reach out to us on Twitter at Relay Chain or by email podcast at parity.io. 
The team at Parity has some of the brightest minds working towards building a robust and inclusive ecosystem that puts power back into the hands of its community members. With cross-chain communication as a primary goal, we aim to break down the tribalistic barriers that have formed throughout the blockchain industry. If you want to learn more about what we're building, or if you want to join our team, visit our website at parity.io and sign up for our newsletter at parity.io newsletter. Thank you.